This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Amy Dunphy. Now, Boris Johnson earlier this week was found guilty by the House of Commons Privileges Committee, guilty of lying to the House of Commons repeatedly, guilty of lying to the committee, guilty of when they gave him an advanced copy of their findings, which is 30,000 words that are extremely harsh and rigorous, He leaked that last weekend and he has ended up with a 90-day ban, but he resigned preempting the punishment. They have also added an extraordinary punishment that I hadn't heard of before. They've banned him from the Westminster estate, therefore his pass to go around there as a journalist or a writer or whatever he is, is taken away. Later today, the House of Commons will vote on the privileges findings, and that will be an acid test of how much support Johnson still has among Tory MPs. So far, Rishi Sunak uh, has been silent on the matter, so we shall see. It's a great pleasure now to welcome to the stand Peter Oburn, who was a friend and colleague of Boris Johnson's on the Spectator magazine. Peter is one of the most brilliant journalists in Britain and arguably, and I don't think there's much argument, the most courageous for his work now for Middle East Eye. He won Best Commentary and Blogging in both 2022 and 2017. He was also named Freelance Journalist of the Year in 2016 for articles he wrote for Middle East Eye. He was also named British Press Awards Columnist of the Year in 2013. He resigned as Chief Political Columnist for the Daily Telegraph in 2015. His latest book is The Fate of Abraham, Why the West is Wrong About Islam. And earlier he had published a book called The Assault on Truth, Boris Johnson, Donald Trump and the Emergence of a New Moral Barbarism. So, He has been prescient in these matters. Peter, thank you very much for joining us on The Stand. It's a real pleasure. By any standards, Peter, your work is courageous beyond belief. And what we are seeing in the United States and indeed in Britain is a vindication, really, not just of what the work you did, but the targets you chose, not just politicians, but media as well. Can I ask for your response, and maybe you could clarify 
for our listeners the relationship you had with Johnson at The Spectator, because he was editor, I understand, at the time, and I think you were political editor. Correct. Uh, in, uh, I remember in, uh, I think it was 2001, Mr. Johnson rang me up out of the blue and offered me the position of political um, columnist, actually, or political uh, comment. I can't remember, anyway, political something or other at The Spectator. And um, I, I tell you what, I, I loved working for Boris Johnson. He, he was a joy. Um, he, he was very, um, and actually I found him a very good colleague, full of ideas, you know, a brilliant editor as far as I was, of The Spectator at the time. And most people thought that, by the way. I, don't, I mean, he, yes. he was a very successful editor of that magazine. Um, and when he left, I was um, inclined to leave as well because I had a very happy four years working for him and formed a close working relationship. And at what point did you feel a change? Yeah, it's, it's an, I'm, I'm really ought to, I've really been reflecting on this. I mean, thereafter, Boris Johnson went off and become, became from memory the mayor of London. Uh, and I did stay in touch um, with him. We used to play uh, tennis. Um, and I once or twice when he became foreign secretary, I went to visit him in, um, actually in, 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 in his, in the big grand house somewhere in Kent, I think it is, where the foreign secretary lives. Yeah, it's evening, the, uh, is it? Yeah. evening, yeah. And, um, we played tennis there. And, and, um, but to, to reflect on this, I think that, um, he, he, I did see, start to worry about him, really. Uh, he were, as mayor of London, I think he started to come into contact, as senior politicians do, with big money. I mean, there are many reasons for the uh, the story of this awful decline. Yes. And the first one is um, the uh, impact, which is quite new in British politics these days, of, of sort of billionaires, uh, hedge fund managers, uh, and the sort of mega rich on, on, on politicians. They've, they've been allowed to get to close to them. Uh, and I think that happened with Boris Johnson as mayor of London. Um, and then you started to see a pattern of it when he went back into the House of Commons um, in, in the sort of um, about seven or eight years ago. Um, uh, and then I, well, I used to get carried on talking to him when he was um, foreign secretary. Um, and then I started to, I didn't like I, I was very disturbed by what he was doing, what Britain was doing, actually, in Yemen, the, yes. the alliance of Saudi Arabia, which, in that horrible war, um, which still just about goes on, uh, and the failure of Britain to pull the plug on that Saudi Arabian, Arabian relationship. And, uh, and he didn't. I, 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 and, um, but I finally, I had a kind of, Falling out with Boris is probably too strong a word, but I didn't really like him very. I did. I didn't like the way he became. To put him, he ran me up. Actually, he said, "Peter, look, you've gone off me, haven't you?" He said this <laughs> in the boat. Uh, he ran me out. I picked up the phone. You've gone off me. I said, "Why? Well, why have you gone off me?" And I was just like to ask. Well, I know why you've gone off me. You think I've moved from being a uh, liberal uh, cosmopolitan to being a um, a. Uh, uh, nationalist, uh, 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 nationalist sort of uh, xenophobe, and I said, I suppose that's about right, Boris. Actually, now you mention it, uh, and 
He said, well, what evidence have you got for that? And um, I said, well, for instance, I don't like the way. You remember this character, Steve Bannon? Who I do, indeed, to, yes. It's, it's, right, well, there'd been a report that he was getting in touch with Steve Bannon and um, allowing, taking advice from him. I don't like that. <laughs> no. And he uh, and he said, oh, no, that's absolutely untrue. No, absolutely not. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, only, I only met him once, and that was when I was born. It's, anyway, he went on like this. And the following day, there was a <laughs> Steve Bannon was on the television actually talking about how he was giving advice to Johnson on his yes. speeches. And I, that, thereafter, I, I thought I would treat him with a, a long spoon. You know what I mean? I um, do indeed, yes. Yeah, uh, I think you are very wise. You actually talk in a piece, a great piece you wrote for Middle East Eye on this latest and maybe final scandal, but we'll come to the finality of it in a moment. You have consistently throughout your career, and I've followed you throughout your career and your brilliant writing, and that isn't mindless flattery. It's important to be said for both the Mail and the Telegraph that you have identified the Tory press in particular with colluding, I suppose, with the Tories and Johnson in particular since Brexit, before Brexit actually, is Brexit his defining moment in some ways? And maybe Britain's defining moment when history comes to be written. Well, beyond question, that's the, you know, whether you call it an achievement or a sort of act of vandalism. Either way, he, he um, led Britain into, uh, into Brexit. He was the most senior uh, politician leading the charge. Um, and I think he... Um, and he had a lot of support, but that you know, he, he of course, I think there's two there's two moments now where you can see as we I think it is the end of his career, and um, I think from now on he's going to turn into a national pariah. There will be a few supporters, there will be a sort of cult surrounding him. Uh, but there are two massive moments. The first one was Brexit, um, changed the country, um, and led to him becoming prime minister. And the second one was this moment uh, last week when he, this extraordinary report, 100 pages long, full of forensic detail, finds out that he declares that he is a, a systematic and, well, sorry, the language they use, he deliberately misled, but that means lying, actually, in, in normal speak, uh, and on a number of occasions, um, MPs in the House of Commons. And now, that, that is a... Um, there's no no such verdict has ever been uh, produced on any prime minister in the 300 years that the job has existed. Um, it is a total and devastating humiliation and and destruction of Johnson's uh, as a politician. Um, he cannot survive it. He will not become as some sort of silly people are thinking. You know, he won't recover from it, um, and he's done. Uh, and the damage he's done to Britain is very great. Yes, indeed. And the damage, I wonder, to the Tory party, Peter, and your estimation of that, because Rishi Sunak, and we're talking now on Friday, Rishi Sunak has yet to speak, and we don't know what he'll say or what he'll do. And some people were questioning last night whether he will even attend the Monday 
gathering in the Commons to vote on the Privileges Committee's findings. Sunak appears in this instance to be not leading but following. Yes, I think one of the sadnesses about uh, Sunak, who I never really felt uh, was up to being uh, Prime Minister, and it only fell in his lap, really, because of the calamity, first of all, of Johnson, of course, and then um, Liz Truss's sort of short-lived um, de- debacle. Yeah. Um, and uh, it went his way. And I, although he's, a, I think, a nice man, probably, and highly intelligent and gifted banker, he doesn't understand or have a sense of what it involves to be uh, prime minister. And th- th- we're seeing the, several examples of this. The first was, why on earth did he um, recommend to King Charles the, the, the honours, Johnson's shameful honours list yes. should be approved by the king? Now, he could have just waited until the Privileges Committee report, and at that point, he wouldn't have, you know, yes. he wouldn't have put the king through that embarrassment and created these collection of nobodies who've got uh, pieces, pieces in the House of Lords. Um, then I, you cite quite rightly, this is a very grave moment in our national history um, when um, the former prime minister is found guilty of lying and the parliament needs to vote on, on how to react to it. And for the sitting prime minister, let's suppose that all he does do is, is what is being briefed uh, today, Friday, um, ducks out of it. That is a very serious uh, failure of, of judgment and also duty, because uh, you know lying to parliament is wrong. And, I, and as as you would know, I keep a record uh, which I publish. Yes, you you have, and it's called Boris Johnson's lies, listeners to this podcast will know of it from our previous conversations, but you must have been running out of room. Well, the point I'm about to make is that Sunak lies, you know, to use the official term, misleads the House of Commons very much along the way that Johnson did. He doesn't actually, hasn't really introduced a new kind of way of doing business. If you follow him on the House of Commons, he will frequently uh, make false statements, which then remain like a bad smell on the Commons record. That's exactly what uh, Johnson did. Uh, and so he's not going, he's not, he doesn't seem to understand that lying is a, is, is absolutely impossible. And you're... Keir Starmer, you've also identified who is leader of the opposition and leader of the Labour Party as also being less than candid, shall we say, in his House of Commons offerings. Yeah, that's, Absolutely right. That unfortunately, Kerstama is not particularly. It's dishonest, actually, and it's, there are two pieces of court, court evidence here. The first is the way he ran for office uh, for Lab- leader of the Labour Party after the departure of Corbyn. He made he needed to win the support of the left and made a whole series of promises which he has gone on to break. Um, too many, actually, uh, and he's contradicted himself uh, in this funny journey. It's rather I find troubling journey from the sort of centre left of Labour to the far, almost the far right of yes. Labour, um, and uh, and then his own record of making false statements, some of them on the floor of the House, um, and and so yeah, so you have Kirst, so you have Boris the liar in chief, and if you're going to bring back any kind of semblance of decency into British public life, we have to be able to conduct 
conversations which are based on facts rather than sort of wild, false assertions. Uh, and Starmer shows no signs of, of being able to do that. So uh, on that basis, I would far rather that we uh, got Starmer rather than Sunak. Yes. The question arises just in passing almost. We look across the Atlantic mm-hmm. and we see Donald Trump and his behavior and it seems that they are just because they are more powerful the stakes are higher there but there are similarities that everybody is pointing to about the way Johnson and Trump have of inventing talking points and the potency of Trump's talking points is that one of them which they cobbled together after he lost the election in 2020 was that the election was stolen. And that talking point now is believed by about 70% of Republican voters. So there's a serious... And I saw Sir Jacob Rees-Mogg questioning the integrity of Harriet Harman, who was the chair of this committee and wrote the final report, which, of course, had to be validated, should point out that there was a Tory majority on the Committee of Seven. But the... Similarities, do they trouble you? So I think this is a very important point you are making here. Essentially, we've seen over the last decade or two the rise of a series of um, populist and far-right political leaders. The first one, Silvio Berlusconi, in Italy, died last week. Now, he he really was was the political heir to Mussolini. The, the fascist leader who emerged yes. in the in the nineteen twenties and thirties and was duly hanged, I think, uh, after the after the uh, Allies came in and defeated um, defeated him. Now, um, uh, the other people in that group you would include, I think, is Modi in India, who talk, um, probably Putin in Russia, certainly Trump and Johnson, uh, and I think in many ways, uh, Netanyahu in, in Israel, and there are others. Now, what these uh, leaders have in common is that they are ready to uh, target minorities to gain majority support. So you saw that with Johnson and the way he deployed uh, Priti Patel to, 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 ch- to really chastise immigrants. Um, and um, Trump, of course, was notorious for this with Muslims. Um, and so on. And they, these leaders invent conspiracy theories to uh, justify the way they uh, govern. They, um, uh, they uh, are completely uninterested in the truth or anything like it. I mean, they, they, they fabricate uh, as they go along. Now, it, it's, uh, and Johnson and Trump fall into this category, and it's fascinating to see they rose in the same way through lies. And now they've fallen from office, they, um, they are inventing a whole set of false accounts of why they went, blaming everybody but themselves, and making out that they're some sort of, they've been treated, they're a victim of a conspiracy. Um, it, it's, it's very, very fascinating, and it's a sign that uh, democracy has gone horribly wrong in, in, across a lot of the world. Yes, indeed, and we could add Orban in Hungary very to much that so, list. Yeah. And indeed, the Polish government as well, but they're preoccupied with other matters. Want to know what it takes to make a million bucks? 
Check out My First Million. Every week, we dive into different business opportunities and explain how to pounce on them. From one-man online operations to brick-and-mortar strategies, we cover it all. So whether it's your first million followers or dollars, start getting inspired with My First Million wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I just want to talk to you briefly before we let you go, Peter. And it's so important to talk to you because we are, as journalists, as you point out and have done throughout your career, responsible for holding the powerful to account. And you talk about the BBC and its failings as well. And as the Labour Party, there are also the failings of what might be called the Tory press in Britain. The Daily Mail would spring to mind, the Sun, of course, and the Telegraph. I mean, the the Mail was almost hilarious at the worst moment for Johnson last week. Their lead story was about Keir Starmer, some failings of Keir Starmer, who was going to cause a revolution or something. Mm. But you have been very much the outstanding journalist of your time in terms of your courage and your writing. And you have lived in that world of the Mail, who you wrote for The Spectator, The Telegraph, which you won awards. You've walked away from it to work for Middle East Eye, to write your books and to keep a record of the deceit and worse, how culpable and how much a part of the downfall we appear to be witnessing is the press, the media? Murdoch, for example, and Fox News. Yes, I, I, and you can see Murdoch, of course, owns has a new, very powerful newspaper owner in Britain and has Fox News in the United States, which became synonymous with Donald Trump for quite a long yes. time. and. I actually I look back on my record with not with quite as glowing terms as you very kindly put it, because I did work for these uh, organisations, and 
I do reflect on uh, whether I, I think I took far too, I was much too slow to realize what was uh, going on. But the the fact is that all the uh, mainstream conservative media, including the most famous names in, in British newspaper history, um, backed Johnson in, as le- uh, to become Tory leader, yes. backed him in the 2019 election, uh, backed him right up to the end, up to the end, you know, even when he was he was exposed as a liar over Partygate and many other things, and they still backed him. And the Times, the Telegraph, the Mail, etc. And I, I, this is a renunciation. I, I believed that newspapers were about when I joined the papers. And I still do believe it profoundly about uncovering the truth yes. and standing up for the powerless. That lovely quote. Yes. yes by that 19th century, I forget his name, uh, newspaper editor, you know, um, our, our job is to uh, assail the powerful, not to assail the powerless. Yes. And that nowadays, I'm afraid, what papers do is the exact opposite. They've sucked up to Johnson, and I suck up to whoever wins the next election. And anybody who is, out, who is powerless, I... Uh, refugees, immigrants, um, the poor, uh, they will mock. Uh, And this is horrible. Uh, And it takes us into, this is what is going on in Britain. I'm sure it's happening in the States. I I don't know about the rest of the world. Um, But it's a very ugly thing that they have become, there's a reason for it. They don't, when I worked uh, for the Telegraph, it was, it hasn't done this horrible change it really was the voice of decent people, small people, but decent people, honourable yes. people, with with, with a um, with with, with, who, 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 with a stake in the country. That's what it was, you know, country solicitors or farmers or uh, small businessmen. Now it's just a vehicle for for, for hedge fund manage, managers and billionaires without a stake. They normally won't pay British taxes. These people, no, and indeed you could argue that the present prime minister. Although you have spoken kindly of him, he is an extremely wealthy man, and his wife indeed is too. They didn't do anything improper, but she was a non-dom for the purposes of tax. There is just something we might as well end on a lighter note. There's something. Are you sure that's true? I'm not. I just want to be. A, I, I, yes. I'm not. I just, I did, you're telling me something I, I didn't know. That. His wife yeah. was a non-dom, yes, but she's oh, yeah. changed since he became. That's troubling. In that case, that's very troubling. Well, it's the way the cookie crumbles. But there's something amusing about Johnson. He's earned five million since he left the office of prime minister, which is just a couple of of months. But and that's being played up a lot by the media in Britain. There's something quite amusing about him sitting next to Rishi Sunak, who is a billionaire, married (laughs) to a billionaire, and Johnson's concern with money and preoccupation with it is amusing. I just want to ask you a final question about the Tory party itself. How important is that vote in the Commons today and Sunak's failure up to now to speak to the findings of the Privileges Committee? I I think it's quite extraordinary that Prime Minister Sunak in one of the gravest constitutional moments in British history where a 
former prime minister is found guilty of deliberately misleading the Commons has had nothing to say. It's quite extraordinary, unbelievable, because that's his duty, and he should be saying something very strong that um, he's that he supports the committee. It's it's very, he's very shocked by these finding findings, and um, and he and and he will be voting to support the committee in the House at the moment. He's just trying to hide from the thing, and it's extremely obvious why that is. He doesn't want to. Uh, antagonise his own party, right? Because so so many of those support Mr. Johnson. Okay, Peter, we're very grateful to you for joining us on the stand today. Grateful to Peter Oburn, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.